And so I'm going to invite now Prem to come up. And Prem is, going, is a, one of the mums of uh, one of the girls. And Prem's going to share with us her story of God's love to her. Thank you, Prem. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Sue, for asking me to speak today. I said no and then prayed about it and said yes. Um, thank you for this church for sponsoring Girls Brigade and providing us a place. Uh, Nena Lindsay for encouraging Ariella, my nine-year-old daughter, to join um, and supporting us through that. It's been fun and it's been fun for me. So thank you so much. I wanted to share my testimony. Actually, I have been a Christian since when I was 20 years old, so more about 30 years. But I have never shared my testimony, so I thought it would be great. So I came from a really strong Hindu background. My parents are not the Brahmin Hindu, but the other side of it, really into the occultism, healing, and etc. So very religious background. And um, I used to be daddy's daughter, so he is, still is a worshiper in different temples, and when I was little, I used to go with him singing things, so very spiritual type of background. But my parents sent me to a Christian school, um, Assemblies of God Primary School, because they wanted me to learn English and to get education. So over there, I was introduced to scriptures, and every year I used to get highest in scriptures. So the seeds were planted in my life. And when I was nine years old, my daughter's age, at lunchtime, the movie Jesus of Nazareth was put on. And I remember at the end, bowling my eyes out, because as he stood on the cr at, at the cross, hung, hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I was like, oh, he is such a nice God. Because in my background, there was no forgiveness. And I thought Jesus was just beautiful as a nine-year-old. Now, this next part is what has basically defined my life and has given me this anchor of and hope to carry on regardless in my faith as a believer in Jesus. So I was 14 years old and I had a dream. And in this dream, Jesus came to me in this dream. And he was walking past me and then he stopped and held me by my hand. And he says, look up there, don't you know who I am? And I didn't know. Well, I did, but it was like a surprise because it was out of nowhere. And I looked up and there it was, the sky was blue and then it opened up and I saw heaven. The beautiful golden city of streets of pure gold, but not gold like you see now. It's, it's different. It is, it's like a presence and a sweetness and a glory that you can't ex explain. And then there was this golden pillars that went forever. And he said, this is what I have prepared for you. Follow me, it's gonna be hard, but follow me. And I looked and I went, Lord Jesus, it's you. I turned around and he was gone. But that night when I woke up, something inside of me has changed. I could not, even though I was a good child, my mom says really lovely daughter, never argued or anything, did all my things that I knew they were doing, but 
my heart wasn't in the faith I had grown up. So the military coup happened in 1987. And oh, before I forget, and I think this is important because some of the girls have shared about fears. So I used to get really frightened at night because my room used to be in this altar um, space, um, in this bedroom that used to be the family prayer room with the incense and things going. But I used to be frightened at night. But as a six-year-old, seven-year-old, I was taught Psalms 23, Jesus is my, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the other song I was taught at that age was, Jesus is my savior, I shall not be moved. Jesus is my savior, I shall not be moved. So when I used to be frightened at night in this room, the prayer room, I used to lie there with my big fluffy doggy with big eyes, put him there so he could see whatever it was that was frightening me, and I used to sing, and then that used to give me peace, and I used to go off to sleep. So then I re it was in that time I realized that Jesus as a God was a different type of God. He had love, and to me that was important because my parents said when they knew that I was getting good at scriptures and things, it's good to have him as another God but not that God. So don't get baptized, ever get baptized, but it's okay for you to participate in this. So the next thing is 17 years old and some of the pioneers are in 15, 16, that age. And I think to me, another thing happened. So I was in New Zealand and my parents lost everything because of the military coup and racism in Fiji. And so my dad rang me I was in Bay of Islands because mum sent me over to New Zealand for studies. I was in Bay of Islands and my dad said you had to come back home because they couldn't afford me staying in New Zealand. I went to my room and I wanted to study and I sat down and I cried. And I cried because I, I knew going back would mean, being that they were traditional, that I would be married off to some lovely Indian rich boy. <laughs> but. I really wanted to study and do university and do something with my life. And um, I went to sleep, broken heart, thinking I was coming back. And then, I, I, actually I didn't sleep. I was there bowling my eyes out and it was an open vision. And there was all these things that I used to worship on one side of my bed and they were laughing and I felt so down and thing and I'm like, but why? And on the other side, I felt love. I turned around and there was Jesus himself. I was 17. I looked, I felt his love. He had tears in his eyes. The radiance of his love was the same radiance that I felt at 14 years old when I saw heaven. It was so comforting and peaceful, but the tears is what touched me. I got up, and then it was over. I got up, I put all my Indian things down, Hindu things down, and for some reason, the lady I was staying with, they became my foster family because they realized that I couldn't afford to, so they put me, brought me into the family and helped me get through my education. Um, Pakeha family. She gave me a Bible. I started reading the Bible, and then I told my parents I wanted to be a Christian, and they said that they would totally cut me off, because in this faith, Buddhism and Hinduism, Muslim, Islam, if you change religion, it's death. 
you don't exist to your family. So that's what they said to me. So I was too, I've changed a lot as a Christian. I used to be very much of an introvert, very quiet. I still can get that and I struggle at times in crowds. But what happened was when I went to university, I went from one church to another because my heart was seeking something. I went from one church, I won't say which one, and then at this hostel was this Christian group and they invited me to come to this um, spirit-filled church, a church that believed the Bible and the Holy Spirit. And as soon as I entered the door, the love of God that I had felt as a 14-year-old, as a 17-year-old, hit my spirit so strongly. And I'm like, I want it. I can't turn back. And that weekend, they were getting going to get baptized. So I decided I was going to get baptized because I couldn't turn away from the love. I just couldn't. And I'm like, I don't care what happens with my family and everything. I have to follow this man, this person, because I feel him. I've seen him. I didn't know a lot about him, but thank God after my baptism, an elder in the church every week sat down and went through what I believed and what the Bible says, and it was a process, but they discipled me. And the pastor of the church was um, doing Bible college, um, and so he gave me his notes, and he would disciple me too um, during my university couple of years to get my foundations right, because it was a big change coming from one thing to another. And um, so that was where it is. I want to read Matthew 10, 37 to 39. Jesus said, whoever loves his father, mother more than me is not worthy of me. Who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So I knew the cost of following Jesus, and it wasn't that cost of my baptism, because it did mean I died to my family for eight years. Um, God's restored all that with my parents, which is good, but it did mean it was a cost, and it's always been that cost to me personally. Every time I come to a difficulty, Life has a way of bringing difficult situations and choices, but I close my eyes and I see heaven. And right now I'm closing my eyes and that image as a 14-year-old is as real to me now. And when I close my eyes in my distress or whatever I close, I totally feel that presence of God, that knowledge. And what that did to me as a 14-year-old is it anchored my heart and my hope in eternity. If that makes sense, it's not like a wishy-washy faith. It was like, I'm not living for here now. So Girls Brigade, I love you guys, the teenagers I've been working with. I totally love you guys. But remember, it's about there, whatever happens from here on. For all of us, I wanted to say we serve a God who speaks to us. Our God, our creator, in, left his, us his word, the Bible. And in there it says, Job 33:15. God speaks to us in one way or in two, though a man may not perceive it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, when they slumber in their bed. God can speak to us through his creation. Romans says that he has spoken to us by his creation. 
Hebrews 1-2 says, God in these last days has spoken by his son. My testimony is not any more greater than each one of us that have met Jesus. He spoke to us somehow, whichever way that met. I think when I have reflected the reason my head, mine had to be this kind is because I came from such a traditional background. I was the first believer in my whole relations and family in the whole wide world. And I, it, I was dead to them for about eight years after my faith until my uncle, who was, had brain cancer, by a prayer got saved, and he was the second Christian six years after my, my, my faith. And there are now more cousins that have become believers. But it was a cost, and I just wanted to share this. As a child, God planted the scriptures in my heart. As a nine-year-old, he showed me the beauty of Jesus. As a 14-year-old, he showed me heaven, and that I carry every day of my life. Seriously, I do. As a 17-year-old, he himself came with his beautiful, beautiful love and touched my heart. You know, and he is as real here now. He speaks to us. He spoke to Adam in the Garden of Eden when he created him, and he walked with him during the evening until Adam disobeyed, and then God came and said, where are you, Adam? Even then, he covered his sin and gave us the promise of redemption through his son, Jesus. He speaks to us regardless of our age. He spoke to Abraham at 75 years old, to Moses at 80 years old. He spoke to Samuel when Samuel was 12 years old. Jesus was 12 years old when Mary and Joseph found him at the temple talking to the rabbis, the teachers. He already knew how to communicate with God the Father. And he knew at that age what God wanted him to do. He said to his parents, why were you looking for me? Don't you know I should be about my father's business? So seriously, one of the things I'm encouraging my nine-year-old is get to know Jesus, get to hear your voice for yourself. Yes, you do obey your parents, but when you hear from God, make sure you obey him first. I always try and encourage him here. Our hope is anchored in him. And I think what I wanted to do, share today in this testimony is this. I wanted to encourage you, no matter how close you are to the Lord or how far you are, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a daily relationship with an amazing creator who is as real as him sitting here. When we, forget, when we forget at times, we can pause and ask, can I engage with you again? And he comes through. He has not left us orphans. So whether you are in your 70s and 80s, it's not over. There's still a place. They still a place where God wants to speak to you. No matter how messed up our life, real life here is, it doesn't matter because he can speak into that situation and give us wisdom and take us through because he's such a good God. He's not judgmental. He has judged it all on the cross. And for us, we walk with what he has done through our obedience. And yes, there's consequences. I've made choices even with all that that haven't been that nice. 
but he calls us. So I'd like to end now in Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. And I pray that Christ will become more and more in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep in the soil of God's marvelous love. And you may be able to feel, to understand, as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, how high his love really is, and to experience this love for yourself, although it is so great that you will never be able to see the end of it or fully understand and un know and understand it. And so at last you will be filled up with God yourself. God wants us to feel his love. He wants us to understand his heart. He wants us to experience him in our daily life. And with that, I want to say thank you, Jesus, for who you are. That's all.